Welcome to the show. You're listening to the Hope Radio Podcast. Stories, profiles, and interviews of courage, triumph, and perseverance. My name, my name is Sean Davis. I happen to be your humble host. And joining me as always, my co-host, my co-host with the mostest, my beautiful wife. Her name is... Just Jen. And you're along with us as we keep this a hope train moving on down the tracks. Choo-choo. We are hawkers of hope, originators of optimism, purveyors of positivity, and engineers of encouragement. Wow. That's a lot. It's a lot of things. You're very excited today. I know. That's kind of awesome sauce stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, you, you let like off you with a yeehaw. I know. Where did that come from? You've gone country. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I have. Yeehaw. Are we in Mexico? Nope. Why would I say are we in Mexico? Um, is this a joke? No. <laughs> I don't know. Because we always listen to country music when we're oh, down in Mexico. That's true. like our thing. That's like Although, my my honoring of my dad. We like, did listen to all country music on our trail run this weekend. Well. I thought that was very strange. Why? I thought we were in Mexico. Well, I keep getting <laughs> criticized for all the same playlists, like the music on my playlist. Well, like you know my, how to my, fix that. How? You just put different music on. Well, I like the music I got. Well, you need to learn more music. I hence the country. We can't have five songs on repeat for two hours. It's more than five songs, and they're God songs. They're, they're awesome. Yeah, but there's a lot of awesome God songs. I know. I've got a lot of them. Well, I only hear five. Jennifer. I always know what song's coming up next. Okay, That's how you, much we listen to Okay, it. so name the five. Um, I don't know. I can sing them. <laughs> sing the five. No, I'm not going to sing. Name, name two. I don't know. Jennifer, you can't call me you out. Ca- and go, you caught me off guard. Like, <laughs> honestly, like when we're out there on the trails, yeah. like I'm singing a song and yeah. then I just go right into the next one. Like, I know you can't, you can't say that because I have it on shuffle. It changes. I know, it. but I always know. <laughs> I know, I know things. But you can't tell me the five songs that I play on my playlist. No, I can't. Oh, I'm, I'm smelling a little, uh, I'm just, I just started to tune them out. What? Yeah. You can't do that. I know, but like... music from on high. On high. Yeah. Yeah, well... Well, anyway, that's why... Let's add more music. That's that's why I went with country. Yeah. I like country. Makes me feel good, too. Yeah, it's happy. Except for when the dog dies and the truck breaks down, then... And your wife leaves you. (laughs) God forbid. I don't want that. You're not... You don't have any thoughts like that, right? Jennifer. No, I don't. (laughs) Weirdo. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right. Uh, lost my train of thought here. Oh, we're doing a Hope Radio podcast show. Yes, we are. You get me all stirred up. Always. That's a good thing. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? You're looking at me funny-eyed. Because that's just a normal day. <laughs> this is true. Well, let me just tell you something. Okay. I'm excited mm-hmm. about today's show. We're going to talk with a gentleman that was connecting people before connecting people was actually a thing. He was connecting people before it was really cool. He was on LinkedIn mm-hmm. back in like 2004, like making some stuff happen. And he's created Motor City Connect in Detroit. Jeez, like that's he, cool. He, w- he was doing the social media before social media was a thing. He was doing the things. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I'm excited to talk with him because yeah. I think a lot of people right now may need to pivot. They may need some ideas on how to you know, kind of change course, change direction, maybe remarket, maybe get on this whole social media train because obviously you can't go out and like touch people or be around people or whatever right now. I even think older people need to be on social media. Like I think that- Aren't they on Facebook? 
Yeah, like why is that? Like only like older people like your mom. Yeah, well that was the first thing to come out. They love it's Facebook. Like, it's but they don't want to learn like Instagram or Twitter or whatever else is out there. TikTok. Yeah. TikTok. TikTok. Yeah. Well, can you imagine somebody in their seventies doing TikTok right yeah, now? Yeah, they would blow up. You know? You know they Let's would. get your mom to do TikTok. M- mom, she listens to the show. Mom, yes. you gotta do TikTok. You gotta yeah. download TikTok and you gotta do it. Just figure it out, mom. Yeah. Let's totally. <laughs> she's going to be so lost. She She's going to go viral. She's going to say, this dang thing, this phone. Yeah. And I yeah. always tell her, mom, it might be the user. She, no, it's the phone. <laughs> In that kind of a voice, too. Yeah. Just joking, mom. You don't sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, uh, joke time. Yes, it's time. Joke to time to tell a joke. Okay. All right. You ready? I'm ready. All right. You're going to go first or you want me to? You can go first. All right. I'll go first. All right, this one might be a little questionable on the gen scale of jokes, but we're going we're gonna to give it a shot, okay? Uh-oh. Is it analytical? No, but we'll, we'll see. We'll okay. see where it goes, all right? You ready? Yep. Okay, so two cows are grazing in a field. Mm-hmm. One cow says to the other, do you ever worry about mad cow disease? The other one looks at him and said, why would I? I'm a helicopter. <laughs> I don't get it. I knew. Do you get it? Yes. <laughs> I don't get it. Why would I? I'm a helicopter. But it's a cow. I understand. It's mad cow disease. So clearly the cow that he's asking the question of is mad. It's crazy because he oh. says he's a helicopter. Oh. That's... <laughs> you should see your face right now. I'm, I envisioned two cows in the field. Yes. I don't know where the helicopter came from. <laughs> What is mad cow disease? Uh, it's when it makes them crazy, I guess. And so you think you're a helicopter? No, they're not thinking. It's supposed to be a joke. Well, they should think. If a cow was crazy, it might think it was a helicopter. They should think because they're not a helicopter. Jennifer, you took it too far. See, I knew this was going to be a questionable joke. That was too hard to understand. No <laughs> comprehend. All right, tell me yours. Okay, mine is fun. Is it? better it's not analytical all right i didn't think that was analytical but go ahead yeah that's too much thought too much okay are you ready yes why do we put candles on top of a cake i don't know why because it's too hard to put them on the bottom (laughs) right you could never light them you could never get them why not the the side well, you know what? Funny thing about the side of the cake is we just celebrated a birthday for Matt and, and he wanted to put all 14 candles on the cake and they ended up all the way around the side. I've and never, it worked out fine. Yeah, it was it was great. Made it, so the wax dripped off the cake, but dripped yeah, on the other it, stuff. It was but. a mess, but you know what? It's his birthday. He can put the candles wherever he wants. <laughs> he definitely can. Mm-hmm. All right, Jennifer, I'm excited. I want to get Terry Bean on the line. Why do you keep calling me Jennifer? I don't know. It was a Jennifer day today, I guess. Oh, okay, go. Uh, We're going to get Terry Bean. Mm -hmm. He's the founder of Motor City Connect. We're going to get him on the line. We're going to talk about uh, the state of things Mm -hmm. with regard to the pandemic. And we're going to talk about marketing. We're going to talk about connection. We're going to talk about lots of stuff, lots of good stuff. So I'm excited. You ready? Yeah, let's call him. All right, let's get him on the line. Here we go. All right, I've got Terry Bean on the line. Welcome to the show, Terry. How are you today? Uh, couldn't be better. Great to be here with you both. Thank you for having me. Hey, we're just happy and excited to have you as well. How are things out in Detroit? What's what's the weather like out there? What, what are you seeing? 
you know, it's actually the day's the first day it's been under 70, and I can't even tell you how long. It's cloudy and crappy, and I'm out here walking, waiting to get wet. So I'm kind of excited about that. <laughs> have you seen Eminem out there? <laughs> He's from I have Detroit. Eaten M&Ms out here. <laughs> I have eaten Eminem, but I have not actually seen him. I wonder. Yeah, if he's, still not, lives there. Uh, he's not. He's not too terribly far. Allegedly, uh, he he did up until recently. I don't. I haven't heard much, but he's he's about twenty miles, almost due east of where I am, a little bit north. No way. So it has Locked a, to his yeah, house. like a palatial kind of palace. I, you know what? I'm surprised he hasn't invited me over. I don't yeah, know. Really? Does he not know who I am? I know. Really? Big deal. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, oh, are you walking on Eight Mile Road right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm a little north. I'm closer to Twenty Mile Road, but there's not really there's not really a thing. So, <laughs> oh, I I love it. Well, I was telling Jan, I was super excited to have you on the on the show because I felt like, you know, based on your story, like you, you were connecting people before connecting people was like really a thing, especially on social media, LinkedIn, etc. So why don't, why don't you, for the people that are listening, why don't you frame a little bit about your background? What do you do? Where are you from? What have you been doing? And, and then we'll get into some of these uh, connection opportunities. Cause I think, I think that's going to be awesome stuff for today's show. Right on, right on. So uh, as as alluded to, I'm up in the Detroit area. I'm just north here. I've uh, been in this little lake community for the last nine years. Absolutely love it. Um, got into business networking back in the early 90s, mid-90s, during my first job selling computer networks of all things. Mm-hmm. Um, and spent a lot of time in technical sales for the first five, six years of my life. Uh, well, business life anyway. And in doing so, I I grew my business through networking. I was helping other people and I was going to meetings and I was learning about business and I was meeting all these professionals and learning about their business. And when I'd run my own sales calls, I'd walk out of these opportunities with more things for my friends and my network to do than for my companies to do. (laughs) And I was like, not doing this right, man. You're not doing this right, but that's okay serving a lot of folks and helping a lot of people get uh, new opportunities, new clients, new customers, new business partners, new knowledge, whatever the case may be. And, you know, I got kind of good at it. And, you know, over time I decided, you know what, maybe I should just run my own networking thing. So back in, you know, mid-2000s, I started a group here in Detroit called Motor City Connect, and it was the first hybrid online real world networking group that I was aware of and that many others were aware of. And so as time went on, we started teaching people about Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter and getting them all connected to different tools around the planet. And it's been, it's just been an awesome thing, right? Because Detroit needed the help. They needed the energy. They needed people that actually cared. And so we created a community that did, and that was, that was cool. And a bunch of awesome stuff has come out of that. And Maybe some of that will fall out as we go through this conversation. No, I have no doubt that it will. I, I'm just curious, as you, as you were talking, I you know, was just kind of in my own mind just defining, you know, what is what does it take to be a really good connector? Mm-hmm. You know, like I think some people are, are really gifted at it and they're like super connectors, like they, they know everyone. And, I, and I'm just wondering if you, if you come to it with an altruistic kind of bigger than you kind of purpose, I think that that's one of the ingredients of being a good connector. If you're coming to it like, what do I get out of this? What do I get out of this? What do I get out of this? Then I think that you're going to struggle as a connector. Would you agree with that? 
I, I couldn't have nodded any harder. In fact, I, I think I have a kink in my neck from what you were saying about the altruism. You know, I, I wrote a book on networking years ago, and there's a piece of it where I talk about this concept of selfish altruism. Literally, those two words butted right up against each other, and you don't hear those words together often. Yeah, it's almost like an oxymoron. What, yeah. It is, right? It really is. But that's what networking's ultimately about. You have to go into it with the idea of how can I serve you? What good can I do for you? What can I give? What can I, how can I help other people? And if you do that, if you're altruistic like that, you will become rewarded selfishly. And it's part of how the universal laws of networking actually work anyway, right? There's a law of generosity. There's a law of reciprocity that both get kicked into effect when, when you start giving to other people. And, and so smart networkers, people that are good at it and care about it, not only do they understand that it's give first, but they also understand um, that they got to keep showing up. They got to keep doing it. So when you asked the question originally, my, my first answer was, you got to give a shit about other people. My second answer is, you got to be a really good listener. And my third thing is, you got to have a pretty good, whatever you use to manage relationships. I'm fortunate that my memory's tight, but if you don't have that, you better have a system, whether it's electronic or notebook or otherwise, where you can keep track of the people that you collect, because ultimately that's what networking is. It's collecting people. Mm-hmm. So did you did you immediately see the opportunity in the social version of connection? You know, because I think if you go back, you know, let's go back 40 years and networking was parties, events, hobnobbing, you know, rubbing shoulders with, elbows with all kinds of people. And then I think, you know, obviously the world's changed significantly since then. So is technology and social media, is that an advantage for people now? Or is it a disadvantage in that you lose something through that connection process that you you would have had four, five decades ago? I would have told you a year ago or 10 years ago, I would have told you the same thing that networking online allows you to reach more people faster, but you can't build the same depth of relationship that you can when you're networking face-to-face. After COVID, after whatever we all just went through together, there's become this level of authenticity, this level of vulnerability that people were sharing in online Zoom meetings like I've never seen. It was like we all just kind of peeled the mask back a little bit. And as a result, I built relationships with folks that are now like on the same level of my best friends from college. And college was at least three or four years ago for me. So (laughs) it's odd. You know, it's so I'm, odd to be that way right now. You know, and I think you keyed in on something though. But I think I think it takes the the shared collective experience of disadvantage, of uncertainty, of challenge. You know, like we're all going through something. This is like a really rare time in human history where we can all look to an event and have some context for how we were all experiencing it, what happened with it, the disadvantages of it. And I think that that does peel back a a layer of, 
you know, let's say the mask that people wear on a day-to-day basis, and you actually are, are closer to finding and connecting with the real person because you've got some commonality. We all understand what we're what we're dealing with right now in the midst of a worldwide pandemic. That's exactly right, right? So that shared experience changes people a little bit and gives us that common ground. It allows us to find truth, uh, at least in the situation, because I don't know where truth lives in general anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but this at least is, in the situation, we can find that. Yeah. And that shared experience rules, man. It really does. So do you do you think, here's a curious question for you. Do you think the reasons that people have for wanting to connect are now different post-pandemic than it was pre-pandemic? In other words, I would imagine that, you know, the purpose of connecting pre-pandemic was always business and, and, and moving forward and, and marketing and, you know, but yet now I think post-pandemic, I think that people are maybe through the great pause reflecting on their life and maybe realizing that business isn't, you know, the only facet of their life they want to give attention to right now. That's a, a fascinating question. And I will tell you this, um, one of my near term Facebook posts is going to be list three things that you're grateful for as a result of us going through this COVID-19 scenario. And, and I am certain that most people are going to list something to do with a realignment of priorities. And in that respect, it reminds me exactly of what we went through in 2008, 2009, when, when all of a sudden families got closer, game nights became a thing. We stopped trying to go out and spend money on restaurants and entertainment and all that other stuff. I have a sneaking suspicion we ended up going through that same kind of deal. So that being said, and if I look at career-wise where people are, a friend of mine, Charlie, used to always joke that in love, the first time we got married, it was for love. The second time, it was for money. And in career the first job was for money and the second one was for love. And I think we're probably finding a few people that are like, you know what? Life is short. Why am I beating my face into this wall every single week at a job I can't stand? I got to go move on to the next part of my career. What is that going to look like? And I'm hoping more people are taking time and stock of who they are to figure that out and make that move because life's a lot better as I'm sure you both know when you're playing in an area of strength, when you're playing in an area of passion. Mm-hmm. No, I couldn't agree with you more. And I, and I do think I have that, that same feeling that people are reassessing priorities. They, they call it the great pause, you know, the, the great reflection, you know, you sit to, you get a chance now to have the time and the resources to kind of take stock. Am I where I wanted to be? Am I where I want to go? Am I on the right path or the track. And so that's what I'm curious about. And, and one of the things that I think was um, was really exciting for me to have you on the show was just to talk about maybe the mindset of somebody that is in a situation where they have come to the conclusion that whatever path, whatever track, whatever job that they were on before, whether that's not available to them now through no fault of their own or whether it's just purposely, I, I, I'm just tired of hating my job. But I think that there's going to be a large percentage of people that are in this transition space. And so to think about connection, to think about networking, to think about, you know, how that could serve or benefit somebody, that's really appealing to me because I think there's going to be people out there listening that that want to know how to use that to move them forward, maybe in a new venture. And so, 
given your experience, you know, what's an appropriate expectation? I mean, like how long does it take to get proficient at being a connector or to develop a, a, a connected network? What, what would your best guess be? That's a, that's a crazy question to even contemplate. I can tell you that I had a friend uh, on an interview about LinkedIn ask how long does it take um, in that space? And, and it's, you know, six to nine months to even really get started at understanding it. Yeah. And so it, it really depends on how good are your interpersonal skills, right? So I, you know, I forget that I, I studied psychology and have a master's degree in communications. My friends would tell you I have a master's in common sense, right? <laughs> but I studied people for years while I was bartending. So I was, I was like learning theory and putting them in practice with alcohol. How much fun could that be? <laughs> My gosh. So it's, it's hard for me to quantify, but what I'll tell you is this. If you come at it the right way, the learning curve is going to be significantly shorter because you're going to start to see results. And when we see results, we make greater efforts. You know, I always joke that I never learn as much when I win as when I lose. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because when I lose, like I, I dissect what went wrong. When I win, I'm like, yeah, that's what's up. Let's go party. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's a different, a different feel. But in this particular scenario, I feel like the winning feels so good because if you win in networking, more often than not, you were of service to somebody else and you help them achieve something they may not have otherwise been able to achieve. So you're going to spend more time figuring out how to get that same, that same high, that same reflection, that same outcome for other people. So, you know, again, the, the skills that I think about all the time are, are asking good questions, like you're doing a phenomenal job of listening to the answers, again, phenomenal job, um, caring about other people, which clearly you all do, otherwise we wouldn't be having this conversation. Mm-hmm. And then the one thing, the one tip that I will tell you that we haven't discussed is what I call this after you networking approach. And after you networking means that you are going to let the other person talk. I tell people all the time, you don't have a memory issue. You have an attention issue. (laughs) You didn't forget their name. You never learned their name properly because you were too busy trying to figure out how to make a good first impression. Well, if you were busy thinking about them as opposed to you, you would make a better first impression. So if we let them talk about who they are and what they do and what they're about and why we should care about them and give them the floor for, you know, if we talk for five minutes, if we let them talk for four, we win. And by the time, here's what happens. By the time they get through doing their whole spiel, a couple of really cool things happen. Number one, um, we've learned all about them and now we know how to relate ourselves to them. So as we're telling them about us, we're not just throwing darts at a board with a blindfold on. We're talking specifically about things that might interest them because we know what might interest them. So that's one. The bigger advantage to me is this idea of when it's your turn to speak, if they afford you the same grace and honor that you gave them, they're probably a good person to to network with. If they start looking around or interrupting or 
grabbing their phone and start screwing around with that, you know in that instant, you don't have to waste another second with them. So I tell people all the time, get in the habit of practicing after you networking because the advantages to it are immeasurable. I think that's great advice. That's yeah. a really good perspective. And we see, I see that all the time. I just, you know, the lack in today's society, the lack of attention is rampant. You right. know, it's, we're, we're just a, a society that, that consumes media or information in five second, 10 second, 15 second kind of bites. And so it's really hard to hold somebody's attention. So if you can do that, I think that that's a good sign that somebody's respecting your time, respecting you personally. I think that's an, a, an excellent, excellent point. I guess my question would be, let's, let's imagine, Terry, somebody that's listening that, that in their own mind has either no experience or limited experience being a connector. They're trying to build their connection network. Like, what are the first steps? Like, how do you, how do you go about, like, in today's age, if you had it to do all over again, what would you say to somebody that's just beginning this journey on, on trying to develop a connection network to, to move themselves and their connections uh, forward? Step one is find somebody that's a super connector, right? And talk to them. Ask them about their journey. Maybe you can take them to lunch. Maybe you can spend some time on a Zoom call, send them a virtual coffee, whatever the case may be. Would you, like would, everything. You, would you assume a super connector is like a large, like they, I mean, like, how do you define that? Or wh- where would you go to find one? Is it, is it the person with the most followers on LinkedIn? Is it, you know, like how, how do you, how do you hunt for that super connector? So I gauge, I gauge that by what am I trying to do, right? So for me, if I'm trying to figure out how to be better at Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn, I'm going to go to one of those sites and find folks that have a lot of connections and a lot of engagement. It's easy to get connections. Mm -hmm. It's hard to have engagement, meaning do they get a lot of likes? Is there a lot of conversation on their posts? Do people seem to like what they're saying and want to be a part of it? That, to me, is the connection piece. But if I'm trying to figure out how to be like Mr. Rockstar at the next networking event, well, then I want to go find people that I keep seeing pictures of at different networking events because sometimes those skills are very, very different. There are people that are exceedingly proficient in the written world, written word, excuse me, that couldn't speak one-to-one or one-to-many if they had to. And the inverse is also true. Yes. Yeah, you know, it's, so. it's, it's you know, the, usually our gifts are a uh, are awesome but the the challenge is that everyone is not gifted in all areas so where you might have a deficit in some other area you may be a gifted writer but talking to people may be a challenge you know and I and I get that um so what was it well so you you talked about you being kind of at the forefront of the hybrid model of connecting you know so go back to mid-2000s LinkedIn was just coming up you know you were you had a connection network before you know, what are the biggest differences between a, a in-person connection and a like virtual connection? Because I, I feel like today virtual connections are far more abundant, but I'm just wondering if somebody is just starting out, whether they should try to develop a local network first or whether they should try to go, you know, more regional or national, um, you know, via the virtual route. So uh, everything, everything always depends on outcome, right? So it's almost like we have to reverse engineer what are we trying to do? If I sell insurance and I am licensed to sell in the state of Michigan where I live, um, me building a large, robust network in 
California or China or Cameroon are, is pretty useless. I need to build a large network here in Michigan. And I would do some level of hybrid because, it, you know, it could be Facebook because if I'm doing prior, personal, like property and casualty, or if I'm doing business, it would be LinkedIn, right? So it depends on what the outcome is and what we're trying to get to dictates where we spend time. But here's the, here's the caveat, right? These are the things that you need to measure to figure out if you should spend time there. One, are your prospects and customers there? Do they spend time there? If they're not there, you don't go there either. Number two, are your competitors there? Because if your competitors are there, you can probably learn a couple of things. You probably stay a little bit sharper and they're there for a reason. And that reason is probably that your customers and your prospects are there. Three, are the thought leaders in your industry there? Because if so, great. This is a wonderful place for you to get some level of education, free or otherwise, but you're going to absolutely learn. So I always gauge, are, are these the type of people that are, are at these networking events, whether online or off? And that's, that's why I'm going to dictate whether or not I spend time, right? My people have to be there. Um, and then, you know, I look at it, do I network geographically, right? So for me, you know, one of the best pieces of advice I've ever learned after hosting a couple hundred podcasts was own your block. When you first sell it out in your business, you've got you've to be the guy thought of in your neighborhood. And your neighborhood could be your physical neighborhood or it could be the physical neighborhood 16 miles away. Or it could be just something to do with inside of your industry, right? But you've got to start small, get a handful of wins, and then build out concentrically from there. You know, too often we look at it and say, because I can reach everybody on the planet, I better go after everybody on the planet. The moment you start trying to message in a way that's going to attract everyone, you're going to attract no one because no one's going to hear it. Yeah. Too busy. We have yeah. to get super niche to begin. So uh, of the networking platforms, you know, like I just I just wonder if I'm somebody that maybe is inexperienced on it and I think about them. I, I mean, I think about Instagram, right, Jen? I think about yeah. the Instagram. I think about LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. I think about Facebook. Right. You know, like. Terry, if you were to categorize, like what's LinkedIn, if you're going to, if you're going to pursue connections, like how do you frame LinkedIn? What is it best for business? Cause people go there for business yet. Facebook seems more family and personal and Instagram is more pick. I mean, like how do you frame these social media platforms and how would you advise somebody to go from one or the other or to focus on all of them or, or what? I tell people all the time, pick, two and be great on those two mm. and don't necessarily worry about the rest of them. You know, fascinating here in 2020, Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V mm. uh, is one of the biggest names in social media marketing. And Gary will tell you, you got to be on all of them. You got to go dominate every one of them. But Gary won't tell you he's got 57 people working at his office, yeah. helping him dominate on all of them. Yeah. Right. Most of us are one person shows. I don't have time to dominate on 17 different social networks. I don't. And even if I did, I don't think I'd want to because <laughs> I don't see that much return. So if you're in business, 
selling B2B and you're not on LinkedIn, you're doing it wrong. If you're in a business where it's highly visual and you've got great photos of the work you do and you're not using Instagram, you're doing it wrong. So each of these tools have their own special use and purpose. And so I agree that it's important to understand them. You know, I would have told you years ago that Facebook should be the best place for you to grow your business. But after 12 years, okay, 14 years of smashing my face into Facebook, I can tell you that nobody gives a shit about what we do on Facebook. <laughs> I've got one friend that's successful in business. There. One. Oh, it's crazy to me. And, and for a super connector. And mortgage guys. Yeah, and for a super connector, that says something, yeah. man, of all, of all the people that you know to have to have one that's there. So, I mean, do you do most of your connections on LinkedIn? Uh, yes, I would tell you that the majority of the businessy stuff I do is on LinkedIn. If I were to break down my, my week, I just in social media usage, I would tell you that probably 25% of it is on Facebook still. Mm -hmm. And that drives me nuts. And there are plenty of weeks when I'm not right. There are weeks when I'm not 25% there. Um, and 20% of it is LinkedIn and, you know, 15% of it's Instagram and 5% of it's Snapchat. And I don't ever really go on Pinterest because I just don't, but I, I could. Um, and then my blog and my YouTube are the other places where I spend time. So I guess maybe my numbers are low because I think we've added up about 60%. So um, are you saying you don't spend any time on TikTok? I, 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 you know what? I, I made a couple of videos for TikTok and I was like, yeah, that's enough of that. I am. I watched a bunch. I'm like, nope, I'm not. That's not my speech. I would, I would like to be more TikTok. Believe me. You need to get your dance moves down. Then you can be like a, a TikToker. I, well, my beard is so white that if I if I actually got out and started doing my floss or my straight leg grab moves or my sprinkler, I could you know I could probably pull off some TikTok views. But uh, yeah, I, you'd yeah, probably I, go viral. You'd probably go viral. Hey, look at the super old man doing the floss. That's awesome. Shut up! I'm not even fifty yet. That is awesome. We've got uh, we've got a fourteen year old and a sixteen year old at, at home. So we have four boys. Uh, we our oldest is twenty four, and then twenty two, and then sixteen and fourteen. And so our fourteen year old uh, loves TikTok. So we're we're always being shown videos on, on TikTok, <laughs> yeah. and you know he's he's, it's so he's funny stuff. I mean, I, you know, I just look at these kids growing up in today's world and just, um, just how technology technologically centric it is and both the advantage and the disadvantage of that. You know, I think, you know, COVID would have been a lot harder for these kids had they grown up in the seventies like we did. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like if you can't go visit your friend, then the only way you could have talked to him was a telephone call. But like you, you don't have, you don't have video, you don't have yeah. FaceTime, you don't have all that stuff. So I, I, you know, I, I do marvel at it, you know, and, and sometimes I think it's a huge advantage and the other times I think it's a, it's a disadvantage yeah. too. Do you think there's a certain age for each social media outlet? Like that people are on like a target age. Yeah. Like if 100%, I, yeah. Right? Like if I want to so target my... to 30 year olds, where am I going to go? You're going to go to Instagram first, okay? right? And then depending on what you're going to do, you're either going to go to Facebook or LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Right, but um, Snapchat might still be a very relevant opportunity there. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's it really is. And TikTok is certainly a relevant opportunity there, <laughs> yeah. and Pinterest may be a relevant opportunity there. And the fun thing about Pinterest, and most people don't know this, Pinterest refers, meaning it sends more traffic from an SEO perspective than just about every other site there is. Right? So if you go and look at your website, if you've used Pinterest properly, Pinterest will drive more traffic to your site than most other sites do. It's crazy yeah. how effective it is. That's actually but good yes, to know. it's definitely by age, right? So Facebook, Facebook cuts off. It, if you're under 25, you don't care about Facebook. <laughs> and unless you're already working, you probably don't care about LinkedIn. You know, and so you've got to, you've definitely got to meet people where they are. It's Mm -hmm. uh, just a joke all the time. It's like, you know, my neighbor's having a big party. Am I going to go and grab a keg and then sit on my front porch and watch people at the party and hope maybe some of them come over? (laughs) Or am I going to go be the coolest dude at that party because I brought the keg? (laughs) You know, you got to go where the people are. Yes. Yes. So Jen, Jen was uh, telling me that she thinks that it's it's become harder and harder to grow a following on Instagram. Yeah, you know? I remember Instagram being super easy to get a following, and now it's just more complicated. Like less people are liking photos and commenting. It's more of just a browsing. So I just go to the stories because I think the stories are so much more real. It is, it is interesting to see how these platforms evolve, mm-hmm. you know, like what they start out as initially and then how people use them on down the line. So, you know, just to give you some context, Terry, Jen, Jen's got a, um, you know, a decent following on Instagram. She's got like 52,000 people that follow her on Instagram, primarily because of her, of her running. She started running these Disney races and used to do these costumes and Disney featured her a couple times. And so she grew her following really mm-hmm. in the first, what, five years yeah in the beginning and then you it's been difficult for you to launch past that to to grow outside of that number and she was just musing whether that's a function of people getting tired of it or maybe the next thing coming or what i'd be curious in your thoughts on it um so it could be tired of it right everybody talks about the same concept of social media fatigue but the reality is um, when Facebook purchased Instagram, gosh, I'm thinking it was 15 or 16, so four or five years ago, they kind of let it alone for a little while. And then they started doing some of their Facebook y things. Mm-hmm. And so when you have the ability to boost posts and, i.e., pay to use Instagram, uh, and you're not doing it, that means they're going to throttle the amount of people that actually see your stuff. Mm. So you're in a situation most likely where maybe you're not paying for it. So they're not giving it the same visibility that it once had. And, and this is the challenge, right? Most people forget that as a user of Facebook or Instagram or even LinkedIn, we're not the customer. We're the product. Right. We're not the customer, right? So, it's like, well, I'm so mad at them. Well, tough. Who cares what you think in that respect? Give them money and then get to be mad at them all you want. Yeah. That's so an interesting, that is part of the challenge. Mm-hmm. That is a really interesting thing you said. I've never thought about it that way before, but we are not 
the customer, we're the product, we're a right. platform where they depend on people like you and me to create content. So mm-hmm. we are, we are the product. We're not the customer. That's a very yeah. interesting way to think of it. And that could be why, like we've seen some accounts that seem like they're, they're growing by leaps and bounds and you're like, what the heck's going on? Well, maybe they're paying, maybe they're, maybe they're paying for that growth. Maybe they're doing that advertising. Yeah. Maybe they're doing what, you know, what, uh, we're not doing as an example. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Yeah, and it's not it's not super expensive, right? And it might not be super effective. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's the interesting piece of it. And so if it's if it's not tied to a specific goal, i.e., why are you doing this? <laughs> are you are you are you selling something? Yeah. Then in in are the, are the metrics to to grow business or to you know stroke ego? Yes. And that's that becomes the no. And no disrespect, right? Yeah. But it's like, uh, what are we, what are we doing here? And if it makes business sense, or if it makes ego sense, what do I care? Yeah. You know, then there's ways to actually make that happen. But you know, I don't yeah. know how much you want to, how much money you throw at that. They go, hey, look at, I got 500 likes. My 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 dog, <laughs> my 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 wife is in a Facebook group that's for dogs, right? A dog lover group, <laughs> and the dog got. Um, she's at like 538 likes or something in wow. this group. Wow. And, and it's a beautiful sunset photo. The dog looked cool. It's really cool shot. Our daughter, 17 and a half year old daughter has 548 likes on a photo on Instagram. So there's a race now to figure out who actually is going to have the most like photo, <laughs> our kid or our dog. That's the weirdest conversation I've oh ever had. Oh my gosh, that's funny. <laughs> that's a sign of the times. That's the environment that we are in. Yeah. Wow. That's it. That's it. It, it, couldn't, it couldn't be more 2020 than that. <laughs> so what do you see, the? you know, I imagine in your experience and, and in your knowledge of all these different platforms, like you've seen a lot of people make a lot of mistakes. Like what's the, what's the, what's the, you know, top two or three mistakes that you see people make in using social media? Let's assume that the, the premise behind their use of it is, is engagement business, you know, kind of moving their life forward in some financial or business way. You, you know, I imagine there's got to be some that you just go, oh, my gosh, when are people ever going to figure this out? Like it's the most consistent or the the, the biggest mistake. Like what are those top two, three? So the first one that comes to mind, I've got a friend of mine who still does this, and I've told him to knock it off like four different occasions. <laughs> uh, but he will take a link to an article, probably one on his website, but sometimes off, uh-huh. and he'll post the link. And zero context, uh-huh. not a word, nothing else. And he'll leave the link, right? And all of its ugly 57 <laughs> extra character crap looking thing. Yeah. And that'll be his entire post. And then he'll wonder, oh, I don't ever get an engagement. <laughs> Listen, rule number one is content is no longer king. It has been dethroned by context. Mm. Tell us why we should look. Tell us what you thought about this or tell us why we should care. Give us a reason to click that link because everybody's so darn busy, at least in their own head, <laughs> that they're not going to make time unless you give us a reason to. So that's that's one tip for sure. Don't post stuff um, that doesn't have some context around it. Uh, the other thing is, 
you know, I, I have an acronym. I have uh, my four pillars of content um, are, are the idea of being the shit on the socials. <laughs> and shit's an acronym for story selling, humor, inspiration, and truth. Your yeah. content mix needs to hit on those four different points. And it can't just be buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So it's got to be it's got to be that myriad of those four things, yeah. um, and, and kind of hit those sweet spots. Hey, I love that. So you story, humor, inspiration, inspiration. What was T? And, and truth. 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 Yes. Yes. Truth. Yeah. I had to write that down. Yeah. Write down. Shit. And truth is truth is yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah just write down. I, I have friends who are like, can you use this? Or maybe can we use it? I'm like, we can use whatever you want. Those aren't nearly as funny. Yeah. <laughs> They're just not. I'm yeah. sorry. Very true. Very hey, true. So I have this concept. It's called Tish. It's uh, T. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's funny. Exactly. 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 So, you know, that, that's, yeah. that reminds me of um, like Instagram and somebody posting that doesn't use hashtags at all. It's like, it's like one, it's like their post and there's just no concept of using hashtags to broaden the exposure of whatever it is that you're posting. Like they just, they have no idea of that. So it sounds like maybe something along those lines, you know, like where it's just somebody not recognizing how the platform works and how it's best to get it out to others. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the other thing because a lot of times, and you've seen this, right? If you're in multiple groups, you'll see people that go into a group, they drive by and post, and they drive by post the next group, they drive by post the group after that, and they keep just showing up in different groups, dropping off whatever spammy little post they have to make because social media is a checklist item for a lot of people. And they're like, oh, that's good. We're done. Don't have to think about that anymore. And that's not how social media works. It's not media. It's social (laughs) media. And we forget all about the social part. Yeah. Yeah. You forget about the interaction. You forget about, you know, I think your point about, you know, being an active listener and, and really intently hearing other people Mm -hmm. and doing it for an altruistic motive and purpose, you know, it, it just seems like. Unfortunately, I think in today's environment, it's like the expediency. I want it. I, you know, get it now. The immediate gratification. Like people have a difficult time investing an appropriate amount of time into something to see it germinate and to see it yeah. grow and to see it, you know, kind of bloom and come into uh, its own. I think we. That's the challenge. People expect too much too soon, yeah. too quickly. I think a lot of people just don't even. If you leave a comment on something, there's so many accounts that just don't even respond to your comment. So I think that's like, that's the inauthentic. Yeah. Total negative. Like if you're that busy, then be like Gary Vee and hire 57 people. Like, but if somebody's taken the time to respond or comment or ask you a question, I think it's rude when you don't respond back. Well, I think that that's a function of what he's trying to say about Mm -hmm. engagement too. Like if you've got good engagement, that would never happen. Right. You know, like you're going to, you're going to like, I think you have great engagement both on Facebook and on Instagram. Right. But that's a function of you caring. Like you, you, you'd be mortified to let somebody kind of have a comment that you never responded to or whatever. But at some point it gets too big. For me, it's annoying when I reach out and respond to something or compliment and just you know, it just nobody acknowledges yeah. it. Yeah. I think that's rude. I'm like, okay, unfollow. 
Yeah. <laughs> You're too busy. Sorry. Right, so I have a, I have a bad, well, I don't know if it's a bad habit or it's a genius habit. I'll let you two decide. <laughs> um, I will, I'll make posts. I will go and I'll respond to the first few comments and then I'll wait six or eight hours and go respond to the next few. And then I'll wait until tomorrow and go respond to the next few. And I'll do that over the course of a couple of days Mm -hmm. because every time you add comments to it, it kicks the post back up into the feed. Yeah. And every time it gets kicked back into the feed, more people see it. It extends the reach. It extends the life of the post. Yes. Right. So for me, it's like, I can make a post last four or five days uh-huh. as opposed to four or five hours now. Yeah. And so it makes it a little bit easier to say, because ultimately the whole thing's to be top of mind, right? It's the, uh, how do you own spot one in your network's mental Rolodex? <laughs> you have them see your stuff. Yes. So this is just a social media is a tremendous way to do that. Mm-hmm. I think as long as you're responding, whether it takes you three days, four days, that's the whole point of social media is yeah, at, at least respond. Like, don't be rude. So don't be rude. Don't be rude. <laughs> Although be there rude. are times when people are like, awesome. And I probably don't necessarily respond. You're awesome too, because that's blame. Well, <laughs> or like emojis. Send them an emoji. Yeah. Just like, like the emojis. Peace. Yeah. Peace to you. <laughs> that's, that's the quick way. Peace to you indeed. Yeah. I like it. So I have a question for you, Terry. Like as as we uh, finish up the show, it's it's just been fascinating uh, talking with you. But like, I I just imagine that there's somebody out there that is going through it. I mean, they're they're maybe they've lost their job. Maybe they're maybe they're in a position where they're worried about losing their house. Maybe maybe they're a restaurateur. Maybe they were a gym owner. Maybe they were you know any of a thousand different other industries that we think have been negatively affected and now they're contemplating you know starting something new and um you know i guess the question would be how would you encourage that person what what would you say to that person that's just now beginning their connection journey to start their new thing their 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 maybe something that they love but you know how would you encourage them um first off if it's covid related or anything along those lines it, you start with it's not your fault, right? This was a unfortunate circumstance that became a foregone conclusion that there isn't anything that you could have done to change it, right? It has nothing to do with you. It's like that old breakup speech. Yeah. It ain't you, it's me, <laughs> right? So It's not you, it's COVID. It's COVID. Yeah, it's not you, it's COVID, right? <laughs> Flipping COVID. <laughs> but it's, it's, you know, it's one of those things that you have to, you can't, you can't carry, you can't carry blame that isn't yours to carry. That doesn't solve any problems now or in the future. Yeah, I can't so carry that let defeat. let that shit go. Yeah, too heavy. Can't. Learn to pivot. Yep, gotta, gotta mm-hmm. let it go, gotta let it go, gotta let it go. Mm-hmm. So starting there, next is do the work where the questions come from, what do I want to do? Right? What would I love doing? If I could be anything, what would it be? And then really what you need to come up with is the intersection of what do I love doing? What am I good at? And what are people willing to pay for? Mm-hmm. When you can align those three things, you've found your vocation. Yeah. What do I love doing? What am I great at? What are people willing to pay for? And if you can get there, you're never going to work another day in your life, right? So figure out what that looks like, sounds like, feels like, is like for you, 
and then start doing the research about who's already doing it. Find them, pattern them. Tony Robbins says it all the time. Success leaves clues. And what he means by that is you can go follow the people that are already doing the thing that you want to do. And heck, no one's that far away. One of the coolest things about COVID this year is I've been producing TEDx Detroit, TED Talks here in the Detroit area, since 2009. Every year since 2014, I've reached out to a gentleman that's from this area who is the executive producer and showrunner for my all-time favorite TV show. And every year he says, nope, can't make it. Nope, can't make it. Nope, can't make it. This year, because of COVID, he said, yep, sure, I'd love to. Awesome. Because it's virtual. He doesn't even have to come in. And this guy runs The Simpsons. And it's the best thing ever. Oh, That is awesome. That's a lesson right there in persistence, too. Like, that's a lesson in persistence. Yep. But I found him through Twitter, right? (laughs) I only am connected to him because I follow him on Twitter. Mm -hmm. That's it. It I didn't go through PR agents or anybody. I messaged him. And, and I don't, I wouldn't go so far as to say we're friends, but there's a photo of me recording a podcast with him where my friends are like, holy shit, Bean, I didn't know you had that many teeth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. That is great. I mean, there's so many different lessons in there. Number one, persistence. Number two, you know, just following your passion. Like you yeah. just had this in you that like, I'm going to reach out and I'm going to try to connect. And then number three, I, I do think that this is a, you know, people call it the lost year or a redo year or, you know, let's, I can't wait for. 2021. And I, I think that's such a defeatist way of looking at it. Somebody's going to have their best year yet. Somebody's going to make milestones. They're going to, they're going to, they're make forward progress. And they're going to make the most forward progress that they've ever made this year in 2020. Why can't that be you? Why yeah. can't that be me? Why can't that be whoever's listening right now? And I think your acknowledgement that you sent this guy a, a content, Hey, an invitation, invitation, invitation for years, but this is the year you connected yes. and what that might lead to. I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Because you never know until you ask. And that's my, that's my point is everybody is one tweet or one direct message away from you right now. You know, it, the world may not be flat, but the hierarchical structure of it certainly is these days. Mm-hmm. We can reach everybody. That's awesome. Great point. Terry, you've been so, so good. Great nuggets in there. Some really good information. I've loved talking with you. Thank you very, very much for your time today. It was, uh, it was, it was very, very interesting. The pleasure was mine. Thank you again for having me. Thank you. All right, Jim, what'd you think about our interview, our chat with Terry Bean? I thought it was amazing, and I learned so many ways to, you know, get socially connected. I just, I just want to hang out with him. Yeah. He just seems like a guy that with a beer in his hand, mm-hmm. you're at some backyard barbecue, he'd be the guy that you would remember and go home and talk about for two days because of the interesting conversation that you had. Well, I'm going to hang out with him, and we're going to do a TikTok video. Yes. Yes. Yeah, because he don't want to do it, and I, it's going to be fun to see him do it. I want, I want to see that dance. I want you, to see him do the two, worm. You two with your gray beards can do a TikTok, and then you'll go viral. 
Yes. Yes. I like that idea. I think it's a great Terry, idea. Terry, you down? You got to yeah. let me know, Terry, if you're down. TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> but no, just his just his collection of knowledge yeah. on the whole subject of all these social media platforms and which one's best for what and mm-hmm. how you, I mean, I think the point about, I think that this is a point that we all should like never forget. Altruistic. Do, when you're looking to connect with people, mm-hmm. always look to give Yes. More than you're going to get. Yes. Law of attraction will work. You're, you're going to get it. Right. But you got to come to it with a mindset. It's it, You know what it reminded me of when he was talking about it? It reminded me of tithing. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Giving without expectation. Yep. Giving out of love. Mm-hmm. Getting, giving out of discipline. Yeah. Giving out of care and concern. But, you know, what, what God says is test me on this. Mm-hmm. You know, he says test this, you know, it's going to come back to you twofold. I feel like that's connection. Yes. That's the, that's the real way you need to approach your desire to be a connector or to get connected with a lot more people. You got to give more than you, than you want to receive. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's challenging because a lot of times you come at it with a need, you know, I need this to happen yeah. now, you know? And so like, or instead of what what am I going to get out of this kind of yeah. thing? Like yeah, yeah. just totally flip the switch and think the other way. Like, yeah. you know? Yeah. Good job, Terry. Yeah. I love the information. Great information. I learned a lot. I took notes. All right. So if people want to hear more of our Hope Radio podcast, they can do so by going to iHeartRadio. Mm-hmm. They can do so by going to SoundCloud. Yes. Stitcher, Spotify, um, Amazon Alexa, like any platform, any anywhere where you consume podcasts. iTunes. All you got to do is search Hope Radio Podcast and you will find us. And I think we've got like 51, 52, 53 episodes now. Yeah, so a lot there. of goodness. A lot of hours. Happiness. Listen to this. Somebody could actually nonstop listen to us for over two days. Really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're just imagining what they would be like when they were done? Yeah. I mean, they'll be very hope-filled. Would they need to be committed into yeah. like a facility mm-hmm. in a white suit <laughs> with no arms? No, I, I think they're going to leave with like tons of hope. Like they're going to be the, the happiest people on the planet. So maybe you should do that. I mean, yeah. all, we, all we have right now is time. That would be a shot in the arm of hope. That yes. would be like like hope in the veins. And then maybe you'll go out and give hope. Right. Well, if you don't want to do that, at least like and subscribe to our podcast <laughs> so we can continue to grow it that way. Yeah. That's right. True. And they can they can connect with us on uh, Facebook and, and Instagram. Right. At Hope Radio Podcast. Yeah, we're there. Yeah. All right, Jennifer. So here we go again. Shall we do another? I, I've got another interview scheduled. Are you down? I'm always down. I've got another interview scheduled tomorrow. Another Hope person coming on the show. Tomorrow? Yes. Okay. Here we go.